0: You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I i am going to uh,
1: compare the Al's quarterback situation to the Ontario provincial election, and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs>
0: And it is Travis Kerr and Brazilian Ty, the 2 and Out CFL podcast. Holy crap, Ty, have you ever celebrated anything as hard as Alex Ovechkin is celebrating the Stanley Cup? Uh, I don't
1: think anybody's ever celebrated that hard. <laughs> like I, I've gone it on is a,
0: impressive.
1: I've gone on a couple benders, but nothing like that.
0: No, it, it is absolutely impressive. I, I am starting to wonder what kind of shape he's going to be in come October.
1: Yeah, that's that's next year's Ovechkin's problem.
0: <laughs> now Ovechkin's problem is how much can he drink between now and trading cap? Let's get right to the news because this is a loaded podcast. In the huddle with Karan tie on the Two and Out podcast. So we'll go through the preseason games as quickly as we can. Ottawa beats Toronto 32-17. I don't think anything really surprising happened in that one. We go to Friday. Calgary smashes Saskatchewan 39-12. to Of course, this game wasn't on TV, so we only have radio. We only have uh, some fans that were there and reports from the media that were there as well. But the offensive line looked absolutely brutal, and this was supposed to be the game where we would know who was going to be the starting quarterback between Zach Kolaros and Brandon Bridge. Watford, Daniels, weren't going to see any time. But basically, they had to take Bridge and Kolaros out of there because they were getting absolutely pummeled. They were playing terribly. And Watford was the best of the three quarterbacks in this game. But my thing is, if you're going to be playing your starting quarterbacks or back, or whatever. He should be in there with the number one unit. That's not exactly what happened here.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know how you're supposed to, especially for Kolaros, to get chemistry with these guys, um, like, with their O-line, like, if, if they're not going to be the ones playing. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: It, it doesn't make any sense at all. So he took a nasty hit. They got him out of there. Bre- Bridge didn't fare very well either. So that quarterback competition or whatever is probably going to be continuing into the season if you're a betting man who's going to be starting on friday against toronto Colaros. yeah that's what i think what happens as well but i think it's going to be another one of those tandem things from last year and i i just don't think that wins great cups anymore
1: no it, it doesn't and that they didn't make the great cup last year you had two teams that were in the great cup that had starters that played 18 and 17 games you you need to pick a number one and go with it through thick and thin. If he gets hurt or you know he needs to come out of a game, that's fine. But I you can't bounce back and forth all year.
0: As far as Calgary goes, Eric Rogers is now officially a Calgary stampeder, and the cuts have happened, the transactions have happened, as far as roster magic goes, uh, with people going on suspended lists, retired lists, six-game lists. Rodgers is not on a six-game list, so we'll see how fast the stampeders can get him into a game. Hamilton beats Montreal 30-15. to We all know that I'm Canada's biggest Drew Willie fan, He's officially been named starter, and actually, the team ran best when he was behind center. Uh, they got off to a 14 nothing lead and then kind of fell apart. It is a preseason game. But since 2013, the Owls have had, what do we had 13 starting quarterbacks? I think I, I think I got 12. Okay, and you put together the list on who has been the best since 2013. You want to take us through this Brazilian tie? <laughs> oh, well, um,
1: if you're going to look at just your wins, then it's Crompton. I mean, they had they had a really terrible start that year. Ends up with a 9-4 and record as a starter. He got them in the playoffs that year. But if you're looking at a bunch – like, I did a bunch of different things. I went completions per game because not everybody has the same amount of games. Uh, the completion percentage, pass yards, pass yards by attempt, TDs, TDs by attempt, interceptions, uh, wins, and their winning percentage – Kevin Glenn led the led the way in a lot of those categories. Wow, and, so he, was and he only had
0: a four and eight record. Four and eight <laughs> record. Durant was was third highest, and that's wild. Out of these yeah. quarterbacks, Darian Durant was the third best. And and if like I I
1: kind of did like a a, way, a point system, so if you were first in a category, you got twelve; second, got eleven, and so forth and so on. And yeah, um, well, I mean. Rakeem Cato was second, so I think there might be something wrong with my formula. But <laughs> <laughs> like I, if if you if you look past just wins, it's Kevin Glenn. Like he he did a lot when he was there. Sure, he only started twelve games, but uh, he he led the way in a lot of those categories.
0: Let's look at the starting quarterbacks. I'm just going to list them real quickly here. Kevin Glenn, Raheem Cato, Darian Durant, Jonathan Crompton, Vernon Adams. He was 3-0, so that, that's got to count for mm-hmm. something. Josh Nieswander, nice one. I'm going to be honest, I don't remember this character. No, and um, I can't <laughs> find anything
1: for his CFL stats, really.
0: jeez. <laughs> oh, then we've got Brandon Bridge, Tanner Marsh, Troy Smith, Drew Willie, Alex Brink, and... Matt Schiltz, those have been the Alouette quarterbacks since Anthony Calvillo. So in this game, Johnny Manziel goes 12 for 20 for 88 yards and a touchdown. I think the biggest story in the game is probably what happened with Hinak Muamba chasing down Johnny Manziel as he was running out of bounds and he took a little bit of a late shot. Now he didn't really get much of him. He was able to knock him down. He did get flagged on the play, but as Johnny was trying to head back onto the field, Jamal Westerman cuts him off, bumps into him, tries to slap the ball out of his hand. Is Johnny going to have to be dealing with this stuff all year long or what? It kind of seems like it. This is only preseason, man.
1: Yep, yeah, I, I I don't think this is going away anytime soon. Um, you know, all everybody in the league knows, or every player knows how cocky he was, and you know how big of an ego he has. Uh, and they're they're just putting him in his place. They 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 they're not going to let him be Johnny Football. They're, they they want to make sure that he knows that you know you're still a kid. We're going to push you around, and you're going to have to earn the respect. We're not just going to give it to you. Um, you know, late hits and stuff out of bounds. I don't really like, but I got no problem with what Westerman did.
0: And I feel the opposite. <laughs> it just seems like Moamba was just trying to get a piece of him. That's what linebackers do. And because yeah. at least Moamba was in the game. Westerman was just standing there, and then oh, yeah. went out of his way to get under Manzel's skin. Yeah, I'm okay with that.
1: I, I, have, I have zero problem trying to get under a guy's skin and putting him in his place. I think that's all. I, I think that's all they're trying to do, right? We're gonna see a lot more of that mm-hmm. this season. I, I think so. And <laughs> as for you, as for so, you saying that Drew really looked good, I I'm going to uh, compare the Al's quarterback situation to the Ontario provincial election, and I'm just gonna leave it at that.
0: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't like to get political, but that's good. Thank, thank you. <laughs>
1: I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so.
0: (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) So, cut down day was on Sunday. It was originally supposed to be Saturday night, and then they figured out, oh, we actually have a game on Saturday. We should give these teams some extra time. So, it was moved to Sunday, even though the Tiger Cats, I don't think they really cared about (laughs) the deadline at all. Um, we'll start with the Argos here. There's nothing real surprising here. Mark Tressman spoke highly of U of R quarterback Noah Picton, but he'll be heading back to school. It would have been nice to see Boom Williams make the team because his name is awesome, but Toronto, as we all know, is pretty jammed mm-hmm. at running back. We go to the Montreal Alouettes. <laughs> We're right back here comparing them to that Toronto election. So, The kicker, Van Gilswick, ends up getting released. Boris Beattie is still going to be their guy. But they accidentally released a list of cut players with Xavier Fulton on it. Yep. How does that happen? Uh, It's
1: it's cut and paste. (laughs) Somebody obviously didn't check it over. Yeah. I'm (laughs) assuming that's got to go through a couple people. But, I mean, I've seen Xavier Fulton play football. And if he were to got if he was actually cut, it wouldn't be that big of a surprise to me. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's what they got. And he's exactly. probably going to be their left tackle. But to accidentally release a list of that, yeah, it's that's pretty bad. Peak Montreal, and oh, it's yeah. only preseason. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's only it's only downhill. Actually, it might only get better from here. Depends on how <laughs> you're going to look at it.
0: We go to Ottawa, kicker Sergio Castillo, of course, to an out, big fans of Sergio. He's out of a job as well as veteran defensive back Brandon Stewart. This is really interesting from Red Blacks camp, and I get why it happened, but heck, Crichton winner, Ed Ilnicki, ends up getting cut by the Red Blacks. And of course, they've got William Powell, they've got Moses Medu, so he was not going to be playing running back, but this guy was the MVP of U sports. He had 1,468 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns on 196 carries. That all happened in eight games. Seven and a half yards per carry. This kid is going to get a shot somewhere else in the Canadian Football League. Those are
1: video game numbers. They are. That's ridiculous.
0: 180-some yards a game. Come on. Um, I know a team that's got a Canadian running
1: back with no Canadian backup. Where yeah. he would fit in.
0: Can Conf. they afford him? Doubtful. <laughs> I like, don't know if they can afford anyone, they, judging by the cuts they made. They got 30 <laughs> coaches to pay. <laughs> like, I mean, the kid's are rookie, but they got to pay him something. And yeah. j- judging by the cuts that Saskatchewan made, I have no but idea. But if, if they could there. afford him, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it, it, it totally does. I think they... Should probably call him sooner rather than later. We go to Hamilton here. Uh, quarterback Bryant Moniz gets let go. Wide receiver kick returner Willie Quinn the third as well. I know some Tiger Cat fans were excited from what they have seen from him. And I'd almost consider what happened to Abdul Kene getting cut he got traded to toronto for an eighth round pick he was an all-star in 2016 with ottawa and maybe not much of a jerry glanville guy since uh, i guess glanville wants to play a more of a man-to-man system and uh Kene is just uh just falling because of that i'm thinking it, you get tra-
1: you get traded for an eighth round pick it kind of feels like a slap in the face i imagine um, oh
0: yeah! At the same time, he's still got a job. It it seems so different in the the West versus the East because a lot of times West GMs and coaches want to trade a player outside of the division, mm-hmm. but it seems like they don't care in the East. Well, no, because they, they all all the teams out there suck anyway.
1: Um, like, <laughs> well, okay, maybe not suck, but it is the weaker of the two. I don't think that there's even a debate there. Um, There's no arguing that it's no. it's fact. Yeah. Um, but even when West GMs trade them to the e- to players to the East, they end up back in the West anyway. Bef- an hour later, so it's really uh it's really yeah. just doing the
0: motions, I guess. No, I guess let's preview the West Division. We did this with the East last 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 episode here. We'll we'll reveal our standings after we go through all the teams. So let's go from the West Coast. To the Prairies. Uh, we start with the BC Lions leaving the team this offseason. Alex Bazzi, defensive lineman, defensive backs, Ronnie Yell, Luchez, Purifoy, and Chandler Fenner. And a couple defensive linemen as well, Mikhail Brooks and Craig Rowe joining the team. Now, we knew that the weaknesses uh, that Ed Hervey identified coming in, probably secondary And the trenches, whether it's defensive line or offensive line. So a lot of changes were made. Odell Willis comes over from Edmonton. I guess via Ottawa, Christopher Greaves from Montreal, Jeremy Lewis from Mont- Montreal, both of those guys offensive linemen, Dominic Termanson from Montreal, Keelan Johnson from Ottawa, those guys DBs, we've got quarterback Cody Fajardo, linebacker Otha Foster from Saskatchewan, Joel Figueroa, O-lineman from Edmonton, we've got DB Gary Peters from Edmonton, we've got DB Marcel Young from Edmonton, which I think Eskimo fans call that one addition by subtraction. <laughs> we got wide receiver Corey Watson from Edmonton, Trayvon Van running back Devon Coleman, D lineman from Hamilton, and also AJ Jefferson, who has had a few good seasons in this league, especially with the Argonauts. I, I think he has changed his name though to AJ Orange. Though I heard a clip, the rest of his family is named that, so he just changed his name to. AJ Orange so Ed Hervey wasted no time putting his mark on this team and making changes where they thought they needed to make changes and no real surprising cuts on Sunday either veteran uh, defensive back Koshi Mwamba gets let go Bra- Brazilian tie what do you have as a fantasy outlook for the BC Lions
1: well if Jonathan Jennings is healthy and it looks kind of like he he should be um, he's averaged... Did you watch Friday's game? I
0: recorded it and watched it this morning. Um, I thought that he <laughs> threw some beautiful balls. It was a little yeah. bit of a slow start, but he—I don't think he was right last year, and I, I think he's admitted that his shoulder must have been bugging him. Oh, absolutely, he's got a cannon on him.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's got one. He he throws one, and Cuthbert said it like or it might have been Suter, but the seam route that he throws is one of the is one of the best throws in the game oh yeah it's ridiculously it's ridiculous how nice it is um but over the last three years he's averaged 15.4 points a game um it actually kills the riders even though we threw four picks last week last year um but 20.7 in the last six he's played against them uh he's got arsenal and burnham uh you know and a solid running game with jeremiah johnson and now they've got the added insurance of rutley and van um those guys, I don't know how much, I don't know how the backfield's really going to sort itself out, um, but Johnson averages 15.21 points a game, which is third in the league over the last two years. Uh, they got Chris Rainey at uh, 13.37. Uh, the majority of his points come on special teams, and Trayvon Van, like I was saying earlier, he's only played 15 games in the last two years, averages 11.5, um, and then the receivers that he's got to throw the ball to, it, two of the best guys in the league, uh, Arsenal at sixteen point five two. He's got nineteen touchdowns in the last two years. And Burnham, who's played thirty four games in the last two years, uh, averaging just under fourteen and a half with ten TVs. Um, you know, and Burnham makes catches that nobody thinks that he'll make, and he has no business doing it.
0: I maintain that catch he made last year was the catch of the year. Where he was getting interfered with, and he made the one arm grab Mm -hmm. as he was falling to the turf. I know the Deron Carter catch is the one everyone remembers because it's Eh. it's pretty, but the Burnham one was better. Catch was something else. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Now we kind of well, I did. I kind of glossed over their preseason game. They beat Winnipeg thirty four. 21 Jennings 17 to 24 for 182 yards and a touchdown Odell Willis was absolutely bringing it and Chris Rainey had two massive returns called back due to flags I do right here Brandon Banks exploded onto the scene when Jeff Reinbold was the special teams coordinator in Hamilton could Rainey get any better in BC it might be tough to get better yeah he's
1: already like between him Finch and Jackson. Um but, like those are three of the best returners in the league. I, I don't know how Chris Rainey could get better. Um he gives them a chance like every time you kick the ball to him it's a chance they've got a chance to return it. Um and now with Reinbold there, uh I don't know if I don't know if Rainey will get better, but I think the special teams as a whole will get better.
0: Yeah, uh they probably will have a better special teams, and if this team can, you know, limit the flags, I think they're going to be a lot better than people expect. I, I think a lot of people have them written off. It is Wally Buono's last season. And they you rebuilt to, the
1: O-line, which they needed to do, and Hervey did exactly that.
0: In one off season. So yep. <laughs> that, that is pretty impressive. Let's go on to Calgary, where... You know what? The (laughs) departures here is a mile long. This includes some cuts, but they lose Anthony Parker, Canadian receiver. He's been there for seven years now. They lose a lot of defensive backs. And what's incredible here is if you look over their roster now, they still have Mm -hmm. a ton of talent in that secondary. So Josh Bell. Tommy Campbell and Joe Burnett are all gone. We don't have uh, fullback Rob Cote. Markway McDaniel is gone. Charleston Hughes. Jerome Messam, Michael Claussen, Rory Colehurt signed in Edmonton, ended up retiring. Dan Feder, Kyle, Roy Finch is gone, and backup quarterback, Canadian Andrew Buckley, is gone as well. Joining the team, Eric Rogers, that is official. Adam Berger, S.A. uh defensive lineman from Saskatchewan. Derek Dennis, O-lineman from Saskatchewan, who went there last year and couldn't get it done. And he was the most outstanding offensive lineman the year before. And this question was posed to us on Twitter. How big of the problem is Saskatchewan's coaching?
1: (laughs) I think people know how I feel about Chris
0: Jones. (laughs) But, I mean, (laughs) how much does he have to do with the O-line? They have struggled with O-line For d- developing their own guys?
1: Yeah. Other than...
0: Uh,
1: who's the guy I'm thinking of? We met his grandparents. Uh, Heenan. Yeah. yeah. Other than Heenan, uh, they haven't developed any of their own.
0: D- Dan Clark is their yeah. own, I believe. And Bladek as well. But he's probably going to be a backup. Even Lebat. Was Winnipeg. Uh, taken from Winnipeg, so yep. they've had trouble developing their own offensive line. And they did have a big vaunted offensive line in 2013, the years when they were winning. But most of those were free agent signings. Yep. Yeah, and if you're not
1: going to get young, if you're not going to get Canadians that you develop, you
0: can't get them for cheap. So it's kind of tough to build the rest. They also bring in defensive back Emmanuel Davis from Hamilton. He's had some good years there. Troy Studermeyer is coming as well. Now, a little bit more on the Anthony Parker release. They have some depth at Canadian receiver. Brissanin is there. Julon Lynch, Richardson Danny, and Lamar Durant are all there. So... They're younger. They're probably cheaper than uh, Anthony Parker. Defensive lineman Randy Calling was released as well. He was a first-round draft point choice from last year. I don't know what it is about first-round picks from 2017, but things aren't looking good. <laughs> Faith Ackakany, the number one overall pick, was let go. Randy Calling has now been let go. So what's going on with that first round of 2017?
1: <laughs> that that is a great question. Um, yeah, oh, I, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I just don't know. Like Hamilton can't sign their first overall pick from this year. Yeah. So are we going to be going down this road again? Come training camp <laughs> next year?
0: Like maybe the guy missed all of camp. Yeah. Like um, the,
1: the draft is a crap shoot. It is in every, in every league Like you know, you have your top guys. Um, and you know, those are guys that are going to fit in right away. Uh, The CFL draft's a little different because you can only draft Canadians, and you know, there's like a lot of teams only have certain positions where they want to play Canadians, unless a guy's an absolute standout. And you know, if there's competition there, well, uh, if you're if you're not pulling your weight and you're not getting it done, see you later. They'll cut you and they'll figure it out and do it all again next year.
0: Just about every international receiver they brought into camp was let go, but. Eric Rogers comes in, and they haven't put him on the six-game injured list. So we'll see how fast Rogers gets into the offense. But when mm-hmm. you got Mark and Michelle, Kamar Jordan, Tavares Daniels, and Eric Rogers, they have a pretty good international crop of receivers. I'm going to say, like, who, who, who does? How does Bull Levi choose who he throws to? Like, it's, it seems to be somebody new every week. Yeah, they've always spread the ball around and that's mm-hmm. the scary thing about the offense. Yeah, it's it's going to be another year
1: where they're going to they're going to be able to run over some teams and it's not going to take very long. How are they looking as far as uh, fantasy goes? Well, Bo Mitchell, uh he has the best record as a starter in the CFL right now, but he's actually only the fifth best uh for points for fantasy points at 16.83, but he's got He's second behind Mike Riley in total points. Um, so 16.83, it's not a lot from your quarterback, but when you look at the averages that a lot of guys are getting, he's middle of the pack, so um, you don't want to pay a whole crap load if you don't have to. Um, with receivers, I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> you got yeah. Right? It seems that he's got a new favorite every week, 100 yards, touchdown, and around eight catches. Like, it's just somebody new. Uh, Kamar Jordan, 16.12 a game. He's eighth overall in the league in the last two years. Uh, DeVaris Daniels at 15 with fourteen 14.34. Uh, and 14.34. Marco Michel, you know, just 10.8 last year. But I, he, the, it was his rookie year. I think he's going to get a lot more opportunity. And Eric Rodgers, uh, that's going to be a huge add that for this receiving core that's already so high-powered. Um, Jerome Messam leaving kind of leaves a hole. But we saw last year when he was hurt that Terry Williams can carry the load. Five games he got into last year, he averaged 12.6. Uh, that also included that 36-point night against uh, Montreal.
0: Terry Williams ran so hard last year that he puked on the sideline. Hopefully mm-hmm. this training camp gets him used to the CFL game. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> These look like a Brazilian tie on a Sunday morning. Or a Saturday night. <laughs> hey, I ate, I ate 10 pizza pops yesterday. You want to talk about wanting to puke. 10 Pizza Pops. So tell me about this bet here. Didn't somebody challenge you to eat 20? Because only
1: halfway there is not good. Well, we have a group chat with our slow pitch team. And I think it started out as Pizza Pockets. And somebody said they could eat 20. And I'm like, well, I could could eat 20 Pizza Pops. And, yeah, so it kind of went from there. And then Friday night, uh, my AC is actually broken in my condo right now. So I went over to a buddy's place. And we oh, were, no. yeah, we were talking, and he's like, "Okay, well, yeah, do it tomorrow." So on the way home, I stopped at Seven Eleven and bought four boxes, or six boxes, sorry, six boxes of Pizza Pops. <laughs> and I was so hungover though when I woke up, I couldn't eat right away, so I had to wait, and I didn't start till two o'clock. So from two to about eight thirty, I ate ten Pizza Pops, and it it hurt. <laughs> so do you do them in the oven or the microwave?
0: Microwave, man, two minutes, done deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't even flip them. yeah who wastes time with the flip but the oven will change your life have you ever done them in there yeah but i i don't have time for that yeah it's too hot too much time i I get what you're saying like my condo my condo
1: right now is at 25 degrees i don't want to turn the oven on oh no yeah i closed all the windows because it's
0: too windy you wouldn't be able to hear me Oh well, thank you. We, well, let's blow through this thing then. Uh, we go up on. I should mention one thing about CFL Fantasy this year. It looks like they're making it PPR as well. Yes, so sir. I put that into
1: like the last couple of years there. That all the stuff that we have is with oh, catches included. That.
0: Yes, it is with catches included. You are the man. I knew I hired you for some reason. Um, hired means I the- get paid. <laughs> We go up on the QE2 to, to Edmonton and leaving Edmonton. The list is a mile long. I guess let's just go through the notable names here. Well, wow, they pretty much all are. <laughs> well, I mean, we, linemen. we recognize all of these names because we're at every game. Yeah. Uh, they lose three offensive linemen, Joel Figueroa, Danny Grew, and Simeon Rotier. On the defensive side, they lose Odell Willis. Kenny Ladler, Philip Hunt, uh, Euclid Cummings, we know what happened there uh, with the charges and going to BC and the contract getting voided. John Chick ends up retiring. They lose Marcel Young, uh, I already said, probably addition by subtraction there. Swayze Waters, they only needed him last year because of Sean White and, and his injury, John White. Gets let go. Uh, he did resign and then ended up getting let go there. I, I got to assume, hopefully he has some gas in the tank. He was a great running back. Maybe he does end up somewhere still once the injuries start to come in. But in the receiving core, they lose Adarius Bowman, Brandon Zilstra, and cory watson i should mention gary peters db as well so just between bowman and zilstra that's a lot of yards that's a lot of touchdowns over the last couple seasons
1: yeah that that's a huge loss but then you look at the depth they have at receiver and it i don't think they're going to be miss a beat i really don't
0: and what happened with the eskimos last year was fascinating the amount of injuries that that team sustained It was almost like an extended preseason in many ways. Mm -hmm. And they made it all the way to the West Final. And they were a dumb decision from their coach from maybe going to the Grey Cup. They still had a lot to do before getting to the Grey Cup. But um, they were able to see what they had with a lot of these guys that were on the practice roster. So they knew that, yeah, we've got a lot of depth. At receiver Duke Williams uh, basically played all year and he probably wouldn't have wouldn't have played much at all Mm -hmm. if it weren't for injuries. The same goes for Bryant Mitchell who's going to be seeing a lot more time this year. So (laughs) almost all those injuries were able to help the team see what they have, and they didn't have to bring that many pieces in, and that's the crazy part about this team. So they bring in Jerron Kreiner from Ottawa, and on defensive line, they bring in Alex Bazzi from BC, and there weren't really any crazy cuts as well on Sunday. They They let go Brandon Thompson, who was actually a big part of that secondary late last season. Uh, after all the injuries, they bring him in, and I thought he looked well, and he kind of changed the course after Edmonton went on that big, massive losing streak. But on the surface, it looks like they lost a lot of guys, but they're going to be A-OK. About the Brandon Thompson release,
1: uh, Dave Campbell for 630Ched tweeted out uh, earlier today, Brock Sutherland said the release was completely related to his Achilles injury. He's going to be out for longer than the team expected, so the team decided
0: to move on. Ah, so he is hurt, and yeah. that's the reason that yeah. Thompson has been let go. How are they looking as far as fantasy goes? Well, you
1: have, hands down, far and away, bar none, the elite fantasy quarterback. He is the, Mike Riley is the best fantasy quarterback in the CFL. There's no argument against it. Uh, he averages twenty-two point nine six points a game. This is since two thousand fifteen. Uh, he has a five point three six point lead over second place in that in that uh, point per game, and that's Ricky Ray. Um, if you got the room to spend fourteen thousand, so. yeah, if you got the room to spend fourteen thousand, then it's a no brainer.
0: Yeah, he's expensive. So yeah, that five point three six is per game. So. Mm-hmm. That's uh, over 100 points throughout the year, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's it's a little crazy how, how much he actually puts up. Uh, Gable, nobody really knew what he was. He got really hurt by his usage in Hamilton. He got traded Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, four games that he had with the S last year, he averaged 18.4 points. Uh, his career average is just at 13.3. So I, 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 that's got to come up because the way he's going to use in Edmonton, he's going to be running the ball and he's going to be part of the offense more. Um, as for receivers, Riley puts up the numbers he does because he has the receivers to do it. Uh, Darrell Walker is the best receiver in the CFL with 18.412 points a game. Uh, Bryant Mitchell only got into eight games last year, but he was able to average 14.39. Uh, Hazleton at 12.25 and Duke Williams at 11.19. Pretty respectable if you can get him for cheap. Uh, Bowman is are gone. So Duke Williams is going to get a lot more opportunity, uh, this year.
0: And from the depth charts I've seen, it kind of looks like Hazleton's going to be moving inside to slot back. And mm-hmm. He could be seeing a lot more targets that he's seen over the past couple of years. And good for him because he had a big season in Toronto when they, they brought in the big three. Tory Gurley, Vidal Hazleton, and Kevin Elliott. And he's been real patient with his team in Edmonton. And he had a 108-yard touchdown last year. We could be seeing more of that. Oh absolutely. Um, you know, slot back is a great spot to get
1: catches. Uh you know, you're it's the closest closest guy to the quarterback, so it's the it's an easier throw. Sure, there's a little more traffic, but um I I just think with with Zilstra and Bowman gone, uh it's gonna be well, I mean you still have Walker, but everybody else is gonna kinda be, you know, just offense by committee. It's gonna be kinda be the the Calgary model a little bit and I think everybody's gonna get their fair share of touches.
0: We move on to the Queen City. A lot of changes in Regina, as seems to be the norm with Chris Jones and the era there right now. So this includes the cuts that came out on Saturday, losing receivers Bakari Grant, Rob Begg, Chad Owens, Nick Dembski, all of them are gone. Travis Bond, offensive lineman, is gone. Linebackers, Otha Foster, Jeff Knox, Enoch Mwamba, uh, defensive back Casey Rogers, S.A. Marabre goes to Calgary, A.C. Leonard goes to Ottawa, and Greg Morris goes to Toronto. As uh, additions go, yeah, they're pretty quality themselves, Zach Evans, Charleston Hughes on the defensive line. Jerome Messam, running back. Sam Hurl, linebacker. Jake Hardy, Canadian receiver from Ottawa. And two uh, former NFL running backs, Zach Stacy and Trey Mason. Stacy has been placed on the practice roster, and it kind of seems like Trey Mason has uh, made the team. As we head into the season, it looks like Tyler Kropin is done for the entire year. Uh, Their rookie, Tyler Lothar, Looked good in preseason. I think he went five for five. Now there's a lot of questions oh, as my to what happened with this team. The the, oh, the the cuts that happen, which is the one that surprised you the most? Um wow, that's
1: a great question. Uh I think Travis Bond, um at, at the same time it's a position that's usually Canadian, so you'd have to really outperform. To, to get that spot. Um, and I thought That's Rob, exactly it. I thought Rob Bag would be a rider until he decided he wasn't a rider anymore, but I guess I was
0: wrong. And you know what? Yeah, exactly. With the Travis Bond thing, if you're going to be an import guard, Into, yeah. you better be...
1: You better be the he, best guard in the league.
0: Yeah, exactly. in the, In the entire league. And... You know what? He changed the bombers once they mm-hmm. were able to put him in a couple years ago, and the bombers have had uh, they they had a great run once they put Bond in there. But let's not sleep I, on Bakari he, Grant either getting released. I, I, I've heard that Bond is not he was good at camp, but you know he wasn't getting paid crazy much, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the reason it's surprised. Me, as far as Owens, Bag, and Grant go, they're all on the wrong side of 30. And if you get rookies coming into camp outperforming you, Jones has shown time and time again you're not going to make the team anymore.
1: Yeah, and I understand that. But look at Grant's last four years and tell me that he couldn't get a spot on this team. 6.05 6.05 in 2014, 492 yards in 2015, 625 in 2016, over 1,000 yards last year. And he gets cut. So you're saying one good year. I would take a chance and see if he can do it again. What, Because, like, oh man, just the receiving core, I don't know what happened.
0: You know, I'm not saying he's a he's a bad receiver, but... He's six foot four. He's a big guy. He mm-hmm. is only thirty. Uh, yep. He turns thirty one in a couple weeks. Here, if these guys come into camp—Jordan Williams, Lambert, and Shaq Evans—and by all reports say these guys have looked awesome, you have to make room for them. And I have no problem with b- these cuts here: Bond, Owens, Bag, and Grant. It makes the roster a lot younger. Oh, for sure,
1: and, and which in turn leads to it being cheaper.
0: Yeah, and and that's why I'm okay. I also wonder, with Travis Bond here, if they know something about Dakota Shepley, uh, are they going to be seeing him sooner rather than later? Because offensive line depth is a big problem in Saskatchewan. Not not only
1: offensive line, just Canadian depth in general.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And Canadian is a big problem. So Darius Bladdock gets onto the roster last year and has looked okay. He did not look good in the first preseason game. Is he going to be backing up a- another American guard? Maybe Jarvis Harrison starts. Maybe they rotate Canadian and international guard there. I don't really... <laughs> they yeah. don't have much flexibility anymore. They, they they have none, it seems. Um,
1: I was looking at the depth chart. I think it was Jamie Nye tweeted out a, a picture of it, or what he thought it was going to be, and it doesn't like there's no canadian depth on this team um it it's can it if Messum goes down god forbid they're going to have to get creative in a hurry to figure it out and it I, I don't know without canadian depth it's really hard to win and they just don't have it right now they haven't they haven't had it for a while as evidence when they got fined for not having the proper ratio So I I have no idea what's going to happen.
0: The Canadian receivers, they have Josh Stanford, Devin Bailey, and Jake Hardy once Hardy is... Healthy here. Mm-hmm. BJ Daniels, Mitch Picton, and David Cobb also all let go. Only the one Canadian there. BJ Daniels, the quarterback, maybe he reunites with Sherman in Montreal. I know he coached Daniels once upon a time, and David Cobb, a former NFL running back. And I think here with Bakari Grant being let go, that solidifies it that DeRon Carter, the defensive back, is no longer a thing. I, I hope so. Because, yes, Grant is still valuable there if Carter's playing a lot of defense. Mm-hmm. If, if he's playing no defense, then I, I you have to get him on offense uh, and have him on offense every single play. Apparently, Carter looked just horrible as defensive back Friday night against Calgary. So... If Carter was only a DB, he'd probably be cut. <laughs> Good thing he could play receiver, and he is maybe the most athletic and best receiver in the league as long as they can keep him going. I, I know that it's almost like a smart kid in a grade 3 math class. Like, this is too easy. I'm not going to be paying attention anymore. And, and, then, and then you get <laughs> to grade
1: 7, th- and your math mark
0: takes a dive. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's what they do with Duran. <laughs> uh, man, receiving's too easy. Okay, we'll we'll let you return kicks. Okay, we'll let you play defense. But they've got a, a couple new newcomers in the secondary that they really like so they don't have to play Duran there anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh Nick Marshall, uh they've brought him in. He's 6 foot 1 as a DB. Uh I think they really like that. He's had a great camp and yes deron carter on that side of the ball has to be over now none of that anymore I, i thought it was stupid from the start and let's hope it's it's done for good until an emergency happens yeah
1: and like an emergency situation i get it but there's no way he should be starting there
0: no not anymore no uh, that has to be done now. Now, yep. what do they look like for fantasy here? I see a lot of question marks. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, eh? Uh, you
1: know, yeah. Kalaros, uh, third in points per game with 17.07. Um, if Hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, he's going to have Messam. If Messam can be a viable threat out of the backfield, it'll help the pass game. Uh, speaking of Messam, uh, comes back from Calgary. He only averaged 12.2 points a game last year, which is actually down from the 16.46 he had in 2016. So... We've got to wait and see what Messam we're going to get um, and what price point he's going to be at. And then, you know, Bakari Grant gone, Rob Begg gone, Chad Owens gone. Uh, so got Roosevelt, Carter if he's not playing halfback, uh, Bailey and Hawley. Uh, Roosevelt is third uh, at 17.04 points a game. Uh, Carter is a little further down the list. Uh, he's even behind Chad Owens actually uh, in 18th with uh, 13.64 points
0: a game. Uh, you got to think Caleb Hawley will come in as a discount, and he'll be seeing a lot mm-hmm. more action this year. And and that's a guy that's been on the roster for a few years and has had some flashes and some big games. Now he gets to play more, uh, and, and is younger than the departing receivers in Rider Na- Rider Nation. Yeah, um, his his numbers aren't
1: like they're not outstanding. Um, you know, he averages ten point three eight. Or three nine a game in uh, twenty four games in the last three years. So I mean, he doesn't get a ton of playing time. Uh, he's kind of stuck on the depth chart. But now with the with the, all the cuts, he's he's going to get a good look. I think.
0: I'm very interested to see, like I like we said, how they manage the ratio here. Figpen is suspended for the first two games of the season. So we'll they probably use Messam a lot in the first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Once Figpen comes back. I'm interested to see what they do and how they manage everything there. Now, let's go to Winnipeg here. Now, we don't know who their starting quarterback is. It's kind of Ah, uh, do, do you want the young guy with a lot of upside or do you just want the journeyman to go in there and I want the manage journeyman things. I
1: want the journeyman. Yeah.
0: So, Alex Ross, he goes 10 for 13 for 78 yards. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think he'll be the starter heading into Thursday's game against Edmonton. But they have to be happy about the Matt Nichols news. A lot of times when we see the non-contact injuries, it is bad. You are out for the season. And they're only expecting him maybe to be out for a month, four to six weeks. So... That's not the worst news that Winnipeg could have gotten regarding Matt Nichols. No,
1: it's uh, like if you're going to look for positives, that's that's a big plus for sure. Um, you know, if you if you lose your starting quarterback before he even takes a snap and he's out for for the season, you're going to have a really rough year. Um, this four to six, we'll see. It it might be longer. Never know. Um, but I think four is pretty optimistic
0: at this point. So leaving Winnipeg is offensive lineman Travis Bond, who actually is nowhere right now. A Canadian receiver, Julian fioli Godino, off to Ottawa. We've got Sam Hurl. And Kyle Knox, both linebackers Dan Lafever and Dominic Davis, and Canadian defensive lineman Jamal Westerman, who is a game changer. But they add Chandler Fenner, Chandler Fenner, defensive back from BC, Nick Dembski from Saskatchewan, Craig Rowe, D lineman from BC. Darian Durant. (laughs) (laughs) You could have put him him on both lists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, put him on both. Uh, Anthony Gator, but they also add Darius Bowman, Keenan LaFrance, Johnny Augustine, and linebacker Adam Big Hill. So they've had some nice additions in Winnipeg as well. It's funny, Johnny Augustine, he looked good in the preseason game as well, and this... Look at the Canadian running backs they have in Winnipeg, Uh, Harris, Augustine, LaFrance, it's a good situation they have. Yeah, that must be nice. Yeah, (laughs) and you know what, right now, I think Winnipeg's draft is looking really good from this past spring. Daniel mm-hmm. Peterman looked awesome in the preseason game, and Rashad Simonize is uh, been doing well at camp as well. As far as cuts go, yeah, we did say, number one overall pick from last year, Faith Akakadee is gone. A former NFL wide receiver had a big touchdown. Ruben Randall gets let go, and so did Miles White. He is the brother to Mitchell White. Oh, did you see his tweet? <laughs> I I definitely did see that, yep. That's
1: that's super classy. His,
0: yeah, his brother gets let go by the Bombers, and he basically tweets, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and their personnel people suck. <laughs> yep. I don't know if that uh, is good to burn bridges uh, in a nine-team league, but yeah. Yeah, that's what he decided to do. <laughs> uh, I have to think Faith Akakati will end up Somewhere, Of course, he's going to have a way cheaper deal if he still wants to play football. Mm-hmm. But if there's somebody playing a Canadian defensive tackle, yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll back up somewhere.
1: Uh, Saskatchewan has two of them.
0: Uh, can he play running back? Can he lose <laughs> about 75 pounds? <laughs>
1: no, no. what? No,
0: he'd be like the fridge, man. Wait, can he play O-line? Hey, hey, now we're talking. <laughs> Uh, what's Winnipeg looking like as far as fantasy goes? Because right now, I think there's only one guy you can choose, and that's uh, Andrew Harris.
1: Um, well, that depends. Um, early in the season, yes. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get at the quarterback position for the first four to six weeks. Uh, it could be a real crapshoot. Um, Matt Nichols, however, when he does come back, he ranks eighth at 13.35 points a game. Um, so all this talk about him being elite can be over. Um, And and he's got a new target With a Darius Bowman Um, But like you said Andrew Harris averages 18.01 points a game uh, Against Edmonton He averages 23.43 Wow They play Edmonton Three times this year Make room on your roster It's a no brainer um,
0: That's a. I don't know why he steps up against yeah. the
1: Eskimos, though. Uh, and then they got Darvin Adams, who's fourth at 16.8, and Bowman is sixth with 16.55 points a game. And Dressler is still respectable with 13.74. So they've got, they got the receivers. Uh, the quarterback situation early on in the year could, be, could hamper the score uh, for those guys a little bit until Matt Nichols is healthy and comes back.
0: Now, as far as the West goes, how do you have the standing shaking out? Are we going top to bottom then, or do you want to start? In yeah, fifth? let's go top okay. to bottom. Okay. Uh,
1: I know I said I looked like I thought Calgary's going to take a step back. I don't think that anymore. I think I think Calgary wins the West or well finishes first. Uh, then Edmonton, BC, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg. Uh, I got to put them in fifth because they could end up they could end up digging themselves such a hole without Matt Nichols and they won't be able to get out of it. So. I This with the injuries right now, I'm putting them fifth. Uh, It's a little bit of a hot take, but uh, I'll take I'll take all the crap and abuse that I'll get on Twitter for this tomorrow, and just block everybody.
0: Well, (laughs) the West is an absolute mess. So, I I think the difference between first and fifth, maybe you know, the difference between third and fifth is not much. It's two games. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really close. I I believe Edmonton is going to win the West. I think that um, they're going to be on a mission. Mike Riley's going to be on a mission to get into that game at Commonwealth Stadium in November. Um, And Edmonton's actually a good team. It's kind of funny. In the past the home team never had a shot at playing the great cup at home, but now Mm -hmm. it seems teams really do all they can. And I believe Mike Riley is going to do all he can to get to that game. Now, two, three weeks ago, I thought I saw Saskatchewan being second in the West and having a home playoff game. I don't think there's going to be a home playoff game anymore. I'm going to say Calgary still gets a home playoff game, finishes second. Um, BC is going to be really scrappy. So my 3rd, 4th and 5th, I'm just going to cross close my eyes and pick something here, but I can see BC finishing 3rd, Winnipeg 4th and Saskatchewan 5th. <laughs> yeah, that. I always that that I got no problem with that. If Saskatchewan has any amount of injuries to start this season, especially to Canadians, I think they're in deep trouble. I Mm -hmm. do think, though, that the defense will be able to steal games here. And I think anything could happen to flip this West entirely upside down. It is the wild, wild West, more than it has ever been. There are so many changes here. And that being said, as far as BC goes, I think that might be the most unpredictable team.
1: Oh, They have so many new faces. We don't know what they're going to do yet. We don't know what
0: they're going to be. Yeah with the, the amount of changes they had, they could be the best or they could be the worst in the West. So, yeah, I'll put them somewhere in the middle, Edmonton, Calgary, B.C., Winnipeg, and then Saskatchewan. And then the Saskatchewan fans will jump all over me, but look at my closet, man. There's a lot of green yeah. and white hey,
1: in I put I put them in fourth getting the crossover, and I don't have a lot of faith in it, but I, just don't, I don't know what Winnipeg is going to do to start the year, so
0: I didn't really have much of a choice. It is so hard to not overreact to the preseason. (laughs) And maybe that's exactly what I've done. Quite possibly, yes. Uh, That's possibly what I've done, but these predictions are all just, on anyway and we'll be completely wrong so we'll look at them in six months and see what happens. We'll be back on Thursday to preview this week's games we've got real football to talk about. The Thursday night opener is going to be Winnipeg and Edmonton Uh, Saskatchewan opens up their season on Friday but yeah real real football coming up this weekend Uh, to out. we're looking to get on Spotify and iHeartRadio in the next few weeks so look for us on there. In the meantime, uh, subscribe wherever podcasts are found, other than those places, basically. Hit us up on iTunes, leave us a subscription. We got a couple new reviews in the last uh, month or so here. Garrett leaves a review saying, Hey, I love this podcast. I've been listening to it for a while. Pretty hilarious. Great info about the entire league. Keep up the great work. So thank you, Garrett. And Barbarian Burke leaves a review last week. Curran and Ty have an efficient structure to their show, providing a good breakdown of games, teams, topics, to provide some thoughts for the listener to take or leave. Their nonsense is also on point and entertaining. So look at that, Ty. Was that you? (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) So thanks for the review. Uh, They help others find... Uh, great CFL podcast, and there's a lot of good ones. No matter who you cheer for in the Canadian Football Podcast Network, I'm excited to get 2018 underway. Brazilian tie. We'll talk to you in a couple days, buddy. Sounds good, man. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.